0: Welcome to the One Church Podcast. We're glad you could join us today for another epic message of grace. If you enjoyed today's word, please rate and review us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. It helps others like you find our podcast. You can also find us on Instagram by following us at OneChurchVB or join the discussion on our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash OneChurchVB. For more information about One Church, go to onechurchvb.com. Now, for today's epic message of grace. Here at One Church, we believe your tithes should belong in your home church. If you feel led to give, tithes and offerings can be contributed online through the Venmo app, available both on Apple and Google. Just search for One church VB to find us today. You are now about to hear a special presentation from Pastor David Baird.
1: Please enjoy. Hey One Church, Virginia Beach, welcome to church. And we're so happy for all of you who are joining us online. These are some crazy times that we're living in and especially for you guys in Virginia Beach. I know you've had your share of storms and flooding, and we're praying for you, and uh, we're getting on the other side of this. I can tell you, no matter what the storm is, every storm always has an expiration date. It will come to an end, and it's been such a pleasure for me to come alongside Pastor Wally and the leadership team here at One Church Virginia Beach to help you during this time, I wanted to just say if there's anything you need, if you are part of the One Church family, or even if you are new to One Church Virginia Beach, if you have a prayer request, if you have a physical need, let the church know about it. I can tell you these leaders are some of my best friends They're trusted men and women who love God and they're the real deal. They don't just talk a talk, they walk the walk. So if you have any kind of need, especially related to prayer, why don't you just go into the chat right now and uh, share what your need would be. And I can promise you somebody from one church will connect back with you. If you don't feel comfortable doing anything on social media, you could actually email a message, a protected message to info at onechurchvb.com. I think I've got it right. Look on the screen and we'll have the correct website. And you could email a prayer request And I'm telling you, this church will follow up. This church is committed to the one. It's one church, remember that. You know, I was thinking this pandemic that started in March has gone so long and you guys were um, in a groove of meeting every Saturday evening and that all came to a a screeching halt and uh, you don't know when you're gonna be back meeting in person. And there's not much that's certain in these days, but we can have clarity In the midst of uncertainty, we can still have clarity. And clarity is this. The church has never depended upon a building to be the church. And the church, when it's properly in touch with the Holy Spirit, always creates. Creativity is a reflection of a Spirit-led church. The church always creates a wineskin or creates a paradigm that will work in troubling times. See, I was thinking about the early church and we, we wouldn't be here today if the early church had said, oh, we don't have a building now that we are Christians See, before the Jewish Christians, they had their synagogues to attend all over the Roman Empire, uh, in all of those cities and all of those nations that were represented on the day of Pentecost. They had their synagogues, but now they've got this new faith and they're going to worship God. They couldn't do that in the synagogue. What if they said, well, we're just going to shut church down until we get a synagogue, a Christian uh, meeting place. Well, we might not have church today, but you see, they improvised And out of that, on the day of Pentecost, a whole revival was started. And the church, they started meeting each other's needs. They they laid down their their finances. They gave their finances to the apostles so that needs could be met. They they met in homes. They met in temple places. And even on the day of Pentecost, uh, the Holy Spirit was poured out. Uh, You know, It was not like the church had to have their own meeting place. So I would just encourage you, one church, don't look at this as a pause. Look at this as just another paradigm to express what God has done for us and how He has loved us. And I would encourage you. one thing about uh, one church, Virginia Beats, they are committed to the community and meeting the needs of those around, and that's really what the church is supposed to do. So just a little update I wanted to share with you and again, reach out. and, and by the way, if you haven't done it yet, would you share right now on your Facebook wall or, or wherever you connect on? social media, would you share this broadcast? Because the next 15 minutes, I've got a word from God out of Romans 8. We're entitling this whole series, Eight is Great. If you're in the room of somebody right now, turn to them and say, eight is great. Do that right now. And uh, I know... um, you know, Pastor Rick spoke last weekend and uh, Lee is going to speak next week's message and then Pastor Wally and then I'll be back to wrap up at the end of August this whole chapter. But we're calling this Eight is Great because I don't think there's a, a chapter in the Bible that ranks with Romans chapter eight. That's just my humble opinion. And in the first message, we talked to you about what Romans eight is all about. And first of all, just to review, there is no condemnation in Christ, period. There is no condemnation in Christ, period. When I grew up and learned the quote scripture as a teenager, I was in the King James Version. And Romans 8.1 was one of the best verses to quote, but it said something like this, there is therefore now no condemnation to those of us who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit, And just to be candid, uh, that phrase, not after the flesh, but after the spirit, that sounds spiritual, that sounds holy, but that wasn't even in the more original manuscripts that we have. Uh, Romans 8 simply starts by saying, there is therefore now no condemnation to those of us who are in Christ, period, period. You see, you can't earn this. You can't buy this. You can't work your way into this. You can't keep enough rules. And the problem with you know, legalistic Christianity or rules-based Christianity is when we break the rules, we feel condemned. I want to lift condemnation off of you. Or rather, I want to ask the Holy Spirit to do that in every uh, one of these messages out of Romans 8 because it all starts and this is the foundation. There's no condemnation in Christ period secondly there is incredible power in the spirit Um, the spirit in Romans 8 becomes God's alternative to Torah or to law or to flesh actually maybe I should say it like this Jesus is the answer to Torah the antidote And the spirit is the antidote to flesh, trying to do it in and of ourselves. And I just want you to know there's incredible power in the spirit. And Romans 8 is a spirit chapter. The Holy Spirit is mentioned more in Romans 8 than just about any other chapter in Paul's writings. Number three, there's only one answer, and his name is Jesus. There's only one answer to the predicament of our flesh, to the problem of sin, there's only one answer, and his name is Jesus. You see, the Greek preposition in, E-N, which means in us, indicates in Romans 8, 4, that all the requirements of the law, this is shocking, this is absolutely staggering, that all the requirements of the law are fulfilled in us, in me. Your wife may say, I don't know about that. You don't have to live with him. But I'm telling you, the righteous requirements of the law are fulfilled in us because of Jesus, not because of anything we've done or not done. Jesus perfectly and fully satisfied on the cross the righteous requirements of the law and he made it possible for us now because Jesus did it in his flesh. Now through the spirit living in us, the requirements of the law are fulfilled in us. So I'm telling you, eight is great. It's not an exaggeration. Eight is great establishes that the spirit of God living in you is God's alternative to and and the antidote to trying to do it in the flesh. Uh, And just one other thing in review, because this is important. You need to get this in you. Um, uh, And that is this. Romans 8 lets us know that Jew and Gentile alike, really the book of Romans lets us know this. Jew and Gentile alike are equally disadvantaged by sin. (laughs) Talk about inequality. We're, We're all, doesn't matter who you are, how religious you are, we're all disadvantaged by sin and we're all equally advantaged by what Jesus did. Let that sink into your spirit today. In fact, Paul is gonna teach in Romans, and he already has, that there is no advantage to keeping the rules of the law. In fact, there might be a disadvantage because you start trusting in them. Then it becomes a, a big stumbling block when we preach grace. One church, Virginia Beach, is a grace church. We believe in the radical, biblical, full gospel. That and, and so many have fallen from grace. And we used to say when somebody sinned, they fell from grace. But you know how you fall from grace? Start trusting in your own ability to keep what the Bible says we need to do. We've got to trust in Jesus. He's the only answer. So uh, last week in, in kind of as we get into Romans like 8, Uh, 14 to 17 in that part of of Romans, uh, we we learn that we're all children of God and we all uh, don't have to walk around in it. Just like we don't have to walk in condemnation, we don't have to walk in insecurity. We can know because of the Spirit's presence in us that we are children of God. The Spirit assures us that we belong. We don't get a sense of security and a sense of fulfillment out of trying to please people or trying to be a man pleaser, trying to fit in. So many people try to fit into clubs and fit into the community and fit into family and fit into church. But the spirit assures us that we belong and that because we are children of God, crying, Abba, Father, we are heirs of God. We are a privileged people. But this privilege is not given to like the Jews. We don't have Jewish privilege anymore. That was never meant to be. It's just like we don't have white, we shouldn't have white privilege. We need to get rid of it if we do. We need to have a privilege that as Christians, we know by the spirit of God that we are children of God. So what Paul says and what introduces my thought for today is this, he says that we are heirs But not just heirs in the sense that we've got these blessings, but if we're going to be glorified with him, we have to suffer with him. The Spirit bears witness with our spirit. We are children of God, and if children, then heirs. Heirs of God, and and, and Paul says, I reckon that the sufferings of this present time that we have to go through uh, are not worthy to be compared, and I'll get to that in just a moment. But before I read the text, and give you my title today, let me say it like this. Rather than calling our position with God into question, suffering actually affirms our relationship with our Heavenly Father. Uh, Suffering affirms our relationship with our Father, not calls it into question. Now, practically, most of us, when we're going through hard times, we begin to think somehow God is against us. But Paul says, look, if we're going to be glorified with him as heirs, we have to be willing to suffer with him. And so we need to see our suffering in a new light now. Our suffering is that we are heirs of God. And because we are heirs, Jesus suffered and we're going to suffer. And just as Jesus was glorified, we're going to be glorified. And that sets up this passage. And I'm going to read this from verse 18 through 25 of Romans chapter 8. I'll try not to stop and give my own commentary on it. But this, this is an exciting passage too. Paul says this, I consider that our present sufferings, he's talking to you, you who are watching right now, you who are going through some difficult times. All of us who are going through the pandemic and all that we are facing. Paul says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worthy to be compared with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. Now watch there. I don't have time to dwell on it too much today, but I was always taught growing up that the, you know everybody's waiting on the Lord to come back. That's not what this says. The world. The, this says that the, the creation is waiting for the manifestation of the revealing of you and I. We've, if we can show that we can make it through suffering, then other people are gonna be drawn to us. Instead of running from our challenges and our trials, we need to say, Lord, I embrace them and I'm gonna glorify you in them. I know they've got an expiration date, but until that date comes, I'm gonna let Christ be seen in me. That's how people are gonna be drawn to the faith. Paul says, for the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of him who subjected it. In hope, everybody say hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. See, we kind of go first. The children of God go first so that everybody else can follow. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit. See, we've got the earnest, we've got the deposit living in us. We still groan inwardly. So don't beat yourself up if you are doing a little bit of groaning. Um, I, I was ever since I messed my knee up and can hardly walk and bend over, every time I bend over to tie my shoe or put a sock on, I'm groaning. And sometimes my wife will say, can you hear yourself? You, you're just groaning because of, you know, how you're feeling. And, and so maybe you've had some groaning over the past few days or weeks or months or years. But uh, the whole creation has been groaning too. But not only them, but even those of us who have the first fruits of the Spirit, we groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. Wow. If your suffering involves what's happening in your physical body, I want you to know that there's coming a better day. I'll get to that in a moment. For in this hope, we were saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all who hopes for what they already have? See, it's not hope if you've already seen it. But if we hope, and this is my word for you today, for what we do not have yet, we wait for it. Everybody say wait patiently. Um, Let let me put a title on this eight is great installment. And, And I borrow it from my home church in Northern Virginia the Life Church. We, we had this slogan going around for a while a couple years ago saying we are hope dealers. So if I could put a title on this message for you today, we are hope dealers. In a messed up, chaotic, troubled, confused world, the church, what can we do? Well, we can do a lot of things, but first and foremost, I believe God is calling us to be hope dealers. Not drug dealers, but hope dealers. (laughs) Not despair dealers, but hope dealers. One church, Virginia Beach, has been raised up. A group of people to be scattered throughout the Tidewater area and maybe even in further extremities. We are called to be hope dealers. And I've got three takeaways for you today. Number one is this. A better day is coming. My motto for the last 20 years, once I understood that scripture is not pessimistic, the back of the book is not failure. Uh, Our theology and our eschatology does not have to end in failure or defeat or in some big catastrophe. The best is yet to come. I've got a theology and an eschatology of victory. When you embrace grace, you embrace a brighter future. It's not going to stay like it is, and somebody needs to hear this tonight, or whenever you're watching. A better day for you is coming. A better day is coming for your family. A better day is coming for our communities. A better day is coming for Virginia Beach. A better day is coming for the world in which we live in. Number two, the world... This is a big takeaway. The world is waiting on us. Maybe I should say it better. The world is waiting with us. See, when you can establish affinity with the people you're trying to reach and they realize you're not sitting on some kind of throne immune to suffering, but experiencing suffering, you can show people how you have identified with Christ who suffered for us, then you establish a relationship. See, sin has affected everyone and everything. And sin has cast a a pale on the world. It's created immense frustration. See, sin may give you a thrill for a moment, but for a lifetime it will give you a life of frustration. It'll create a groaning. And we live in a groaning time right now. We're all groaning. But how many know the illustration Paul uses here is of childbirth. Now, the, the kind of the definition of groaning is kind of a, a spiritual sigh or a soulish sigh. Now, if somebody is giving birth to a baby especially if they, uh, did not, uh, if they were not given an epidural or uh, they do it naturally, there's gonna be some groaning. There's gonna be some deep groaning. And I don't know if you hear it, but I hear the deep groaning in America right now. I hear the deep groaning even in people of God. I hear it in the church. And the answer for deep groaning is what we are talking about. It's the hope that I'll mention in a moment. Um, I remember when Josh, our firstborn, we've got three boys, but when Josh was born, I was in with Joanne. On the one hand, it was the greatest spiritual moment. I felt closer to heaven, I think, than I ever have. Just the, the miracle of childbirth. But then afterwards, I, I'm walking out telling like the grandparents, man, I, I'm just, I, I've had it. This, this has been a tough day. And uh, I got rebuked because they reminded me I wasn't even the one that had the baby. But I, I felt, man, I felt Joanne's pain, I think. Uh, Or maybe I just copped out. I think I almost passed out. But in a sense, we had to feel the pain of a world that's groaning. And as we experience with the other people, you know, even in this pandemic, there are no easy answers. There's not a lot of you know, uh, certainty right now and a lot of uncertainty about the future. And everybody's got an opinion. But the truth of the matter is we've got to break through all of that and get to a place where we can actually relate to a world that is broken and because of that is groaning. And so don't, don't, put, don't get put off by that, I call it that spiritual soul sigh, that groaning. Paul says we all have it. And the third takeaway is we wait in hope. Hey, hope dealer, the best is yet to come. Hey, hope dealer, the world is waiting with us. We, don't, we haven't arrived yet. But we've got the first fruits. We've got the deposit of the Spirit. We've got the down payment, man. And because of that, we can get to the other side. We can get through it. But we're not just thinking about ourselves. We're waiting in hope, knowing that as we overcome, there's a world that is going to see our example. And they're going to see that the only answer is Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, there's something getting ready to be birthed in the earth. And I think the pandemic and all of the unrest and all that's happening right now, it's all part of the master plan. And all we can do is wait in hope. My my prayer for you as we close this week is this, if you're part of One Church Virginia Beach or you're watching, maybe you stumbled on here, God wants to instill hope into your heart. And the truth of the matter is he wants to encourage you that if you're in a, a hard place, if you're suffering, just Connect that suffering to the suffering of Christ. You're an heir of God. And I'm telling you, I reckon that the suffering of this present time is not worthy to be compared with the glory that's going to be revealed in you. Next week, Lee's going to talk about how we can actually pray in the Spirit through our times of groaning and through our times of suffering. So I just want to close by praying for you right now. Can I do that? In fact, if if you're driving, don't get up. Uh, you'd probably have an accident. But unless you're driving, if you're in the living room or kitchen or bedroom, wherever, would you just stand with me right where you are? I'll give you like five seconds to do that. And I'm gonna pray just like a 45 second prayer. And I'm gonna pray that the anointing of this passage would take hold to all of us today who are groaning with what we're facing in life, knowing that better days are ahead. God, we just pray right now for hope now abides faith, hope, and love. And God, I pray that our faith in you and the love that we have for you, Lord, would just sandwich hope into the, the midst of our situations, in the midst of our suffering. I pray for the installment of hope today. I thank you for the spirit that lives within us. And I pray that out of that spirit, the same hope that saved us, we cried out to you and you saved us when we couldn't save ourselves. I pray today that we would latch on and grab hold of a hope that's gonna get us to the other side. And God, if there's anybody that's not watching, Right now, I pray that they would connect with you. If you're watching right now and you've never given your heart to Jesus, right now, I want you to do this. I want you just to pray this prayer with me. Shortest prayer you've ever prayed. Just say, Lord, be merciful to me. Lord, let what you did on the cross take effect in my life. And the moment you believe in your heart and speak Jesus as Lord of your life, the moment you make that confession, you are saved. And if if God's done something special for you today, right now, before we close why don't you put it in the comment I'm gonna just stay on here for about 20 or 30 seconds and why don't you just write in the comment anything that God may have touched you with today and especially if you're coming back to him I think there's somebody watching today you've just given your heart to Jesus and I'm gonna tell you you're as saved as 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 any Christian on planet earth the moment you believed because there's no special advantage for anybody but we're all privileged because of what Jesus has done for us. God bless you, have a great week. Go in hope, be a hope dealer.
0: Thank you for joining us for another epic message of grace. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you listen so others can find us too. We'll be back next week with another incredible message. Until then, follow us on Instagram or Facebook at OneChurchVB or find out more information about One Church at OneChurchVB.com. Have a great week.